Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... So now set up first and 10 on the Texans 15. Delayed hand up to Jacobs. Huge hole at the middle 10. Cuts right side 5. Touchdown, Jacobs! The hat trick in the end zone. His third rushing touchdown of the day. Goes in the pocket. Over the middle. Intercepted. Harmon at the 30. 40. Racing far side. 50. 30. Harmon at the 20. 5. Touchdown Raiders. DeJuan Harmon. And officially, it's the second Vegas victory of the season. 38-20, Las Vegas knocks off Houston. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. We're here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, our Monday night spot. We're here watching Monday night football. Of course, the Patriots and the Bears will close out week seven. We've been talking a lot about Josh Jacobs and uh, potentially a contract extension, talking about the franchise tag, the fifth-year option, all these different scenarios that could be in play for Josh Jacobs. And Vinny Bonsignor pointed out, and I just wanted to pass this along, the franchise tag would be approximately three more $3 million more than fifth-year option they didn't pick up. So hard to see that happening. More likely, an extension will come with signing bonus structure, could put more money in his pocket over the long term while mitigating impact on yearly cap space. Again, that's from Vinny Bonsignor. Of course, you can hear him on the morning tailgate. Everything he writes is on the RJ as well. And, again, just kind of talking about the franchise tag as opposed to the fifth-year option and the difference in, in the money and why I don't believe that they would franchise uh, Josh Jacobs. But uh, another guy who does great work for the RJ is our good friend Mick Akers. He joins us now on the phone lines. And Mick, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. You put out a piece over the weekend, Magic Johnson eyes Raiders ownership. And this is something we've talked about. A lot of people have been hitting me up and tweeting it at me. And not just your piece, but just the, the rumors and reports that were out there. And I kind of ignored it for a while until I saw you put a piece out there about it. So as far as Magic Johnson and his interest in the Raiders, where are we at with that right now? Yeah, yeah, right now it's pretty early on. Obviously, um, no one's really commented on it officially. Uh, you know, with deals such as this, they usually don't until it's a done deal because, you know, deals can fall apart in the, in the last hour and all that. So, uh, you know, everyone's I reached out to so far has been pretty bum on it. But, you know, and there was a, some rumor that came out in August saying, hey, someone put in a bid, you know, to buy a minority stake in the Raiders. At that time, it was an unknown uh, group. And that's, mm-hmm. now we have the rumors of Magic and his group coming in, uh, which makes sense. Obviously, he has ties with the Lakers and the Dodgers. So, you know, why not just you know, throw your hat in the NFL as well? So in, in this situation, and we don't know how much the minority stake that him and his group are, are, are interested in, but in your piece you mentioned that it's normally about 5%. So if that were to come about and happen, what would that mean for Magic Johnson and his group, besides them just being the minority owners of a 5% stake? Yeah, so uh, you know, if you kind of look at the worth and go off the five percent, it's gonna it's gonna be around like a two hundred million dollar buy in. Mm. So obviously, uh, they don't have any operational control of being a minority holder. So you know, if this deal goes through and it happens, uh, basically, the, you know, they'll reap the benefits of you know being with the NFL team. They can come and have you know the sweet experience for the games and such. Uh, obviously, with, you know, have the ins and outs of the team, but you know, they would have no operational say, you know, anything like that. So it's just kind of a 
you know, an investment opportunity, I, I would say. In these type of situations, I mean, of course, Magic Johnson's name is on it. He's the, you know, he's the smile. He's Irvin Magic Johnson, the magic man. I mean, he's the name that everyone's going to gravitate to. But in these type of situations, it's really about the people that are backing him, right? The guys that really have the big-time money that, that's going in, all in on this. How careful would Mark Davis need to be to make sure that these are all the right people that he wants to be associated with with his organization? Yeah, I'm sure they'll look at their track history. Obviously, if if the group he's putting together is the Guggenheim group, they've been with them, you know, on the, you know, both deals with the Lakers and the Dodgers. So obviously, you know, they're pretty well known already. So I, you know, this group, I don't think there's any question marks with this group as far as you know, um, trustworthiness or you know having the money and such. Um, these guys have plenty of money. How how much as far as how often do would you see uh, a, a typical organization sell off a minority stare, uh, uh, share as far as the the ownership of it? Uh, you know, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's super common, but you know, you see it happen every so you know every few years. You'll see someone's name get thrown in, someone buys in, or a superstar athlete comes in and they throw their name in as well. You, you see some stuff like that with the the recent sale of the Denver Broncos. That you know there was the majority owner, and then they had some minor, minority stakes as well. Uh, so, you know, it, you know, it's not super, you know, it doesn't happen every year, but, you know, it, it's not, you know, something, it's not every other, you know, three or four years you'll see something, something like this come down. Talking again with Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on NSA Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, Mick, we've been talking about the way that Las Vegas is blowing up as far as the sports community for quite a while. And in the professional realm, you got the Golden Knights, you got the Raiders, you got the Aces, you know, and who knows what's next? NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, who knows? But how much more do you think celebrities and, and folks with big names like a Magic Johnson, like a LeBron James, are going to want to have a piece of something, a piece of the pie here in Las Vegas when it comes to sports? Uh, you're already, you know, you've seen the interest already with uh, the NBA rumors. You've seen LeBron and Floyd Mayweather, you know, saying, hey, we want to have an ownership stake in whatever team comes here. Uh, you, you know, I see the attractiveness of Vegas. It's not just, the, you know, the game on the field or the court. It's also, you know, what goes on with it. There's always a show with the Raiders. You see in their halftime shows, they have the pregame stuff, you know, big name celebrities coming through. The Knights have their, you know, signature game day experience, you know, all the theatrical and all that stuff. So it's, it's like Vegas show within the sports. So, you know, it's really exciting. It's, it's, you know, it's been really popular. It's been, well, you know, worthwhile investment for everyone involved. So obviously they see that going on out here. And, you know, they're, I think you're going to see a lot of that coming up in the future with, with you know, possible NBA, Major League Baseball, and then also uh, MLS. And, you know, the list goes on. As far as the Raiders go, I mean, their value, according to Forbes back in 2015, was $2.1 now it's five point one billion, according to Forbes, in just that small amount of time. How big can this possibly get? I mean, what's what's what kind of numbers are we potentially looking at for the Raiders if this thing keeps growing like we think it will? Yeah, you know, so before they moved here, they're right near the bottom, thirty first in the league as far as value, and then you know, fast forward to this year, and they're in the top ten now, at number nine. So uh, that was a massive leap. A lot of that had to do with the relocation, getting a new stadium, getting all those PSL money in, getting all those, you know, founding um, partnership deals with the stadium and the team moving here, you know, that was a lot of influx of money there, and you have long-term deals with those. You have the sold-out season tickets already, uh, so, you know, that's going to be recurring each year as well. Uh, so, you know, this thing keeps growing and growing and growing. Um, you know, I think the, the, the massive growth is going to, you know, it's pretty much over with, you know, with the seasons, you know, kicked in already. We have right. two seasons in Vegas, and, uh they already have all those deals in, but you know, uh, you know, I can see it growing a little bit more, and maybe inching towards the top five. You know, they should be in the top ten as long. You know, they keep being successful out here. 
There's nothing wrong with that. Again, Mick Akers is our guest. He's from the RJ here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. So uh, how quickly, I don't want to say quickly. It's probably the wrong way to, because I know we've been talking about it. and It's been rumored for quite a while. Um, how, how long do you think it takes for something like this to kind of get wrapped up? Let's put it like that. Yeah, obviously, with you know the money involved and all that, uh, it, it, it takes some time. Uh, likely, these talks have been probably going on for several months now, so I, I would assume it's going to take a few more for it to get finalized. But you know, I think with some of the stuff leaking out and the rumors and possible people involved, I, you know, might indicate that they're getting near the deal where they might, uh, you know, officially announce, hey, these people have bought into the Raiders. Uh, but you know, maybe sometime towards the end of the year or early next year. But it, obviously. Uh, you know, mentioned in there, hey, this can fall apart and not happen at all. But obviously, you know, this has been rumored for a few months now, so I would assume maybe at least a few more months. Final question for you, Mick. Magic Johnson doesn't do anything that's not a little bit flashy. Like, he doesn't just sit behind the scenes and just chill and, you know, doesn't be seen and the silent partner. Let's put it like that. Uh, what 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 kind of expectations or what would you think that Magic Johnson would bring to the Raiders organization, even in a minority state? Well, you know, he, his name just gravitates his fans and, you know, other fans worldwide. So, you know, that immediately puts another, you know, recognizable name and face with the, uh, with the team. So, you know, I would assume that maybe he makes an appearance or two. I don't know. Obviously, it's minority sake, but, you know, having his name with the Raiders, you know, that's going to be pretty gravitational, especially for the L.A. fans with the, you know, the Lakers ties and such. So, uh, obviously... Every, you know, the everyday, like, uh, minority owner you may not know who they are and no one's going to really care. But right. when you throw a magic name in there, you know, I, I would assume, he, you know, he, he'd show face around the city, you know, at least every so often, which he does already. Right, yeah, he'd definitely show up and, and show his face. And, yeah, you're right, minority owners uh, don't really talk a whole lot about the, you know, the guys that only have the 5% or the groups that only have the 5%. But I have a feeling that we'd probably be talking about Magic Johnson in this group a little bit more. Well, Mick, fantastic stuff. Uh, what, are you, what are you working on now that you, you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, yeah, just, you know, continuing towards this F1 stuff uh, coming up uh, next weekend. So not the one coming up, but the one after. Uh, we'll have the first taste of the F1 stuff going on here in Vegas. Shut down, unfortunately, the strip for a couple hours to get a demo run. So I'll be doing some stories leading up to that. It's, you know, obviously been drawing a lot of attention. So uh, kind of working on that, you know, a couple of Raiders things here and there. Um, so, when you know, the, when they're not here in town, it's a little easier for me to get some of those stories done. So, uh, you know, a couple of things there, but mainly some F1 stuff coming up here on com. Is there any kind of an F1 test ride uh, in your future? Do you, is, there, is, there, is that even something that's a possibility? Well, hey, if they want to throw me in, but they can drive, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to be the one going, you know, 100 some miles per hour down the strip and crash a car. So, you know, I'll leave it up to the pros if they want to give me a ride. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, man. I wouldn't want that responsibility either. I don't even know if I can handle it being a passenger, let alone being a driver. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Well, that'll be some good stuff. We'll definitely look out for it on Twitter at Mick Akers. Mick, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. We appreciate you. Uh, thanks, you. Appreciate it. All right, there he goes. Mick Akers on top of it right there talking all things, uh, you know, the, the Raiders and Magic Johnson and the kind of minority uh, ownership that he may be looking at, him and his group, about a 5% uh, ownership of the silver and black. And this is something that we've been hearing rumors and didn't really have a name or a face attached to it. At least I didn't. Uh, I heard rumors quite a while about, you know, there was a, a group that was very interested in owning a small portion of the silver and black. And so now all of a sudden, you know, the, the conversation is, is rolling hot and heavy about one Irvin Magic Johnson. 3.13 is the time. 
When we come back, we'll hear from you. Of course, you can hit us up at 702-365-9200. Also, 69187, keyword r That is our text line, the question that we've been talking about. We've been talking about Josh Jacobs and, and why is he so underrated, including with ourselves. I think we don't talk about him. At least I know I don't talk about him enough, and I'm a Josh Jacobs fan. And I just don't, you know, really, t- when we start talking about the bigger names, running backs in the league, you know, the stars, don't think we talk about him quite enough. And, and well, what he's been doing the last three games has been fantastic. And really, I'm sure the Raiders look back at it now probably say, man, should have gave him the ball to start the season off. You know, instead of, instead of waiting for a few games, probably should have got him rolling earlier than we really did. But, you know, it's better late than never. So they got plenty of time still. Obviously, our next game is against the Saints. Then they go to the Jaguars, and they return home for the Indianapolis Colts. So just want to get your thoughts on Josh Jacobs, 69 187 keyword R&R with the Underground Lounge. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. No turnovers offensively. Yes, Always a good formula. Defense. Of course, we close the show. Right? And we, we had a milestone today. We had a milestone today. All right. This organization has been around for a long time. All right. First Raider ever. They have three consecutive games over 100 yards. Yeah. I'm proud of you guys. That's a hell of an effort today. All right, let's keep now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Here we are back at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. I'm on a mission here. I'm trying to solve a mystery. And uh, we got a text from Raider Fish in Berkeley talking about Josh Jacobs saying that he'll be on the top 100 list next season i don't i don't ever really follow the top 100 and this year shame on me i really didn't pay attention to it i don't believe he was on it at all this year right which kind of goes back to our point of him flying underneath the radar um to a lot of people uh josh jacobs has been a fantastic running back since he's been in the league i know every once in a while he's banged up with injuries but if you look over at his actual numbers he hasn't missed a whole lot of games and it sounds like when we say, oh, he's been injured a lot, it sounds like he's missed a lot of games. He really hasn't missed a whole lot of games. So, again, it just really got me thinking about how he kind of flies under the radar and why. And we've got a lot of great feedback, a ton of great feedback that we'll get to at 69187, keyword R&R. Matter of fact, uh, Mailman Raider said, I think we all knew what J.J. is capable of, but we didn't really talk him up because we got the shiny new toy in Devontae Adams. We didn't think our offensive line was all that and a bag of chips. I think bigger storylines stopped. The JJ talk, but he's put all that all on notice. He's him. Sign that man. That's a good point. Once Devontae Adams became a member of the Raiders, I think all conversations became how great the offense could be between Adams, Waller, and Renfro. And oh yeah, Josh Jacobs too, right? I mean, isn't that how we talked about it? That's how I talked about it. Hey man, the offense is going to be prolific. They got a three-headed monster. Oh, and they have a great, great running back, right? I mean, that was that was my conversation. I can't speak for you, but that was my my conversation. So yeah, you're you're spot on when you say that, Mailman Raider. It became about the passing game as opposed to the running game. That's a really good point. Let's go out to the phone lines though. We got some really patient people. I want to make sure I get to them. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Like Dark Side Don. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Going on. Chilling. Hey, hey. So look, when. When Josh, Josh has always been getting disrespected since he's been in the league. In his rookie year, he was being disrespected. He should have won with the end of the year, but he got disrespected by Kyler Murray. And then you had people that were saying that Miles Sanders was better than him. I remember and, that. I remember that. And, and, and then not only that, he was, he was in the top 100 after his rookie year. He was oh. in like the 70s or the 60s. But the last two years after that, he didn't get, he didn't get put in it. Due okay. To the fact that Due to the fact of how his running his style is, one, the the team wasn't wasn't producing, and and Josh wasn't producing 
his, the second year he had that thousand yards, but it wasn't a flashy like Demar said. It wasn't a flashy thousand yards. Okay. And then last season he didn't have that many yards either. He didn't even hit the thousand. But 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 we should have known. I've always known. I was always that dude that was saying like how you just said as far as we were always talking up the passing game. But I was always saying if Devontae and the, and that running game is going to open up for Devontae. That was something I had always looked at. Josh has always been a good back to me. But but it's the fact that, that he's not flashy and, and and the fact that he doesn't make those long runs. He's never had a long, long, long run. But I would take the five and six and seven yards because those are real yards. Yeah. When you have somebody that, that has the seventy yard run, the eighty yard run, that's 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 that burst but like that's what that's the problem what we had with Coop. Coop would give you flash games, he would give you that two hundred yard game, he'd give you that hundred and fifty yard game, but then for four games it's like, where did he go? Right. That was that was what that's what that so we we don't we don't want that we I would take the person that's going to give me the five and six and seven eight yards a carry those are the types of, of backs that are, are are real yards so he's always been getting disrespected um, it, it's just the fact that people are now just starting to look at it because of of the pop that he's had. All right, good stuff, good stuff. And, yeah, you're talking about those Saquon Barkley runs, right? He'll go a yard, a yard, two yards, negative three yards, a yard, two yards, 80 yards. Oh, wow, he had a 100-yard game, right? Yeah, those, that's – man, there's more backs that do that, right? And even even the guy that he, he beat on uh, on Sunday, uh, Napoleon Kaufman, actually tied him, uh, the first Raider running back since uh, Napoleon Kaufman to have 100 yards in three straight games. That's what Nap used to do, and I was a big Napoleon Kaufman fan, but, man, he used to get a, a couple yards here, a couple yards here, a couple yards here, then, boom, he'd hit that home run ball, and that home run ball would make his average. What's up, Doc? Vegas Jess, my uh, arch nemesis, just ro- rolled in <laughs> in the building. But, uh, yeah, so that's a good one, man. Definitely appreciate that call. That's a good good way to point that out. Let's go out to New Jersey, talk to Mitch real quick. What's on your mind, Mitch? Hey, kid. How's it going? I'm blessed. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Um, the guy signed Josh. It's about the end time that uh, he's having these games. But, uh, you know, I guess maybe he's a little well-rested with that wear and tear. So I'd be, he'd be worried a long-term contract. Uh, I just see more Zemir White. And how about take a, let's take a page from the 49ers. The no business sign, uh, trading for McCaffrey. Why don't we go after, uh, it won't cost us picks, just money. OB, uh, Beckham Jr., is he still out there, I believe? Yeah, he's available. From the, from the Rams. You can have, you can have enough uh, offense, I say, these days. Him and, and, of course, that one simple name, I won't say his last thing, but he, I, I bet you he's waiting for a phone call from the Raiders. I, you know who? I won't say. Who's he talking about? Thanks, take my call. <laughs> Thanks. Who, who's he talking about? Dominic Stu. Come oh, on. okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't, like, there's a lot of guys that are free agents right now. Thanks for the call, Mitch. I, I don't have any idea about, about Sue, man. I think that that ship has sailed. Uh, I don't think that there's any, any landing anytime soon with that one. Uh, as far as – I honestly don't – maybe I'm in a minority. I don't think that the Raiders need more firepower as far as wide receivers go. I, I just don't. I know that people say that you can never have too much offense, and I get that. But I think they're still trying to figure out the, the weapons that they have. Right, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and obviously Waller's not healthy right now, but I don't think that they have a problem with the weapons. I think they have a problem figuring out how to use all the weapons. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr., who's probably not going to be available too close to the playoffs, is a guy that you want to invest in because you're not guaranteed to make the playoffs. you got a lot of work to do before you can even get in consideration to make the playoffs. So I just don't think that that would be money well spent right now. Let's go out to Carson City. Carla, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey. We're back in the game, baby. 
I'm so happy to see how we did on Monday. Josh did great. Renfo did great. He's, you know, he got a little hurt, but he's, you know, he's coming in and he's doing what he does best. Give him the ball. He needs to get the butt, the butt, the butt. I can see his little run up and down, and then we get a touchdown. So I'm, I'm very excited. I've been on a Raider high since yesterday, and I'm looking forward to our next game. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to see us win again. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Thank you for the call. We appreciate you. And it is always good to come in after a, a Raider victory, especially seeing the way that they got it done. I mean, they started off really slow offensively. Uh, I didn't know what kind of game it was going to be going back and forth, trading uh, uh, you know, points with the Texans. I thought, man, this is, a, this, is, this is shaping up to be a bad game. And all of a sudden, boom, they just turned things around. And you saw them start to click and start to gel. And Josh really got going in the second half. And, um, you know, it, the defense making the play at the very end. And uh, the Raider Nation, I want to give them props, too. Raider Nation that was at Allegiant Stadium, and I know it wasn't a packed house. I know it wasn't as loud as it was supposed to be, but there was also a, a false start penalty on uh, on the Texans that was big on fourth down. You know, So they all of a sudden had to punt the ball instead of go for it on fourth and one. I really want to credit Raider Nation for that because even though it wasn't a packed house, they still were loud and proud when need be. Let's get one more call in real quick. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, fellas? Hey. Uh, just want to say a couple of things. First thing is the offensive line. The offensive line, man, they they have did a 360. Man, that line has been blocking, doing everything it's supposed to do. I know that was part of the Achilles heel when we first um, opened opened up camp, and we didn't know who, and they were putting guys in. The offensive line, you got to give, give them credit, man. I, I'm the first one to give them credit because I was the first one to get on them saying that this, this offensive line – it's going to get Derek Carr killed. But, but also, Derek Carr, he, he's moving around now. He's doing a little more things. Can't take take sacks yeah. and stuff, but he's doing well. Uh, second thing, um, uh, hey, the reason why Jacobs is not getting the, the recognition is because he's not doing long runs. The guys that's making the 60-yard, 50-yard runs, making those here, that's them the guys that they like. And that, that's just the, the plain truth. Josh Jacobs was number 72 in 2020 on the uh, the top 100, and he okay. was number 68 in, on 2021. And last thing, Q, Q, you my boy and everything, man, but it's time to set, set, your, 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 set that kid down on the bench, man. And you know who I'm talking about. I like him. I don't think he's a starter. I think he, I think he can come off the bench, and that's Trayvon Mayer. He, Q, he was that's bad fair. yesterday. That's fair. No, he that's fair. Bad. That's fair. I'm not saying don't don't don't. I'm not saying give up on him, Q. Right. But Q, at this, I, I know they're starting three safeties across. But Q, he's not he's not playing. I saw him at TCU, man. That kid was outstanding, but he has not caught up. And I'm gonna give him some more time. But Q, he did not look good at all. You guys, everybody rip on on, on Jacobs. I mean, not Jacobs, but they rip on on Abrams. This kid is. Not, I mean, he got beat all day yesterday, Q. And I know you like him, and I like him too. But the, at the same time, the team is bigger than one player. Absolutely. And I, I'll go leave with this: he needs to come. He needs to come in on third downs or second downs or whatever. But he should not be a starter right now. We should start start with Demont. I'm with I'm with Hammond, and okay. I, I'll leave it, let it go. All Thank right. you, Q. Thanks for the call. I appreciate you. No, I'm, that's what I was saying. That's fair. You know, if, if he's out there and he's a liability, you know, you, you got to sit sit him down. I mean, no, nobody is above that, right? I mean, that's the thing about it. You can, I can like a guy all I want. I've liked a lot of guys that were bums, and I'm not saying Trayvon Merrick is a bum. I've liked a lot of guys that I thought were going to be really good. They just didn't shake out that way. 
I think Merrick has a chance to be good, but he struggled yesterday. I think he would tell you he struggled yesterday. So if at some point they got to say, hey, man, hey, young man, come sit down next to me. Sometimes that's how it is. You know, perfect example, Dabo Sweeney did that with Clemson on Saturday. They sat down their quarterback, DJU, sat him down and put the true freshman in because, well, DJU wasn't getting it done. Sometimes that's just how it has to be, man. You've got you've to sit guys down if they're not getting it done. Chandler Jones, you saw him look like he was on a pitch count yesterday, something we talked about, and Lincoln Kennedy laughed at us last week. Kind of looked like he was on a pitch count yesterday, and he was there able to perform. So I'm not mad at that. Hey, whatever the case may be, all I care about is that 11 guys on both sides of the ball are the best 11 guys out there to help the team win. Bottom line, if you're one of those 11, perfect. If you're not, well, you got to get better. <laughs> Simple as that. It's all about wins and losses. 329 is the time. When we come back, Michael Giannini from Spotrack.com, he'll join the show to talk about contracts and what he thinks the Raiders might be able to do with Josh Jacobs right now in season if there's a potential extension maybe in line. That's coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. The Underground Lounge is where we're at inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every Monday night for Monday Night Football. The Patriots and the Bears will take over the screens in just a little while. But we're here talking some Raider football, talking some NFL in general, talking some running backs. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Joining us now on the phone lines from Spotrack.com is our good friend Michael Giannini. And, Michael, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Wanted to have you on the show because Josh Jacobs has been just running his backside off. I mean, he's just really been leading the team. He's currently third in the league as far as rushing goes. The Raiders didn't pick up his fifth-year option, and so there's been a lot of conversation. A lot of fans are asking about, well, could they franchise him? What could they do? I don't believe that that's a possibility, but do you see something somewhere where they may look at maybe a one- or two-year extension in season so they don't have to worry about him at free agency? It's a great question, and it's a good problem to have right now. I mean, this is one of those positions where it's been such a throwaway now for five, six years, that when you've got a good one, it's <laughs> nobody really knows what to do with it anymore. So I, I think the fifth-year option decline was the right decision. I wouldn't necessarily throw the franchise tag out the door right now. The, the, the Raiders have a decent cap scenario set up for next week, next year. Now, they're, they're light on the roster right now, so they're going to have to sign quite a few players to get up the normal here. But they can squeeze this thing in in February. It's about a $9.5 million projection on the money back franchise tag right now, so $1.5 million more than what he would have made on that fifth-year option. So I think that's, that's still step one, plan one for this process versus an in-season extension. Um, because I think you just have to let him do his thing and run his course for the rest of the season, knowing that what the last few weeks have been isn't going to be the norm. Um, but, yes, I, of course there's a two-, three-year, multi-year extension offer being considered right now internally, and whether that's $7 million a year or $12 million a year is really the, uh, the anomaly right now at this position. What do you think for a running back, and I know it's tough because the market is so different for running backs now, but right. what do you think the, the real, realistic market would be for a running back of Jacob's caliber if he were to hit the open market? Yeah, look, we, mathematically speaking, we've got him about $11.5 million a year, and I know that sounds huge, but you know, you, you, there's only four or five guys every couple of years that really are worth anything near $10 million a year. We saw Fournette and James Conner get $7 million a year last year last offseason via free agency with, you know, 12, 13 million guaranteed. So it's a really, really suppressed market right now. But if this guy can ride the hot wave into free agency the way he started here, I think he can get himself into a serious conversation with the Joe Mixon contract, with the Dalvin Cook contract, which is about 12 million a year. If we also look at Nick Chubb, who really doesn't catch the ball, right? He's kind of a one-trick pony in Cleveland right now. 
Jacobs is doing a little bit of both. If he if he's making over twelve million a year, that's me as an agent stepping in for Josh Jacobs says that's the bar right now, twelve million. Talking right now with Michael Gennady from Spotrack.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We started the show, and I asked the question, and I really put this on myself. Uh, do we not talk about Josh Jacobs as one of the better running backs in the league enough? No doubt. Yeah, he kind of comes and goes, right? And that's sort of the running back position. If, if the play calling doesn't kind of run through a running back, or vice versa, if the running back doesn't produce massive eye-popping fantasy numbers anymore, we're not talking about him. We're not thinking about him. They're bell cows, they're workhorses, they're doing their job. But, yeah, this is a guy who was drafted in the first round in 2019 in a situation where, you know, first-round running backs were dwindling. Obviously, you know his college pedigree. This guy has been in the news for a long, long time. I think from an NFL standpoint, he's been underrated. And, uh, you know, you, you see that this option get declined last year, and everybody starts to think, oh, well, that's it. He's going to kind of fade away into the sunset. He'll be a, a veteran minimum contract guy for the rest of his career. So what he's doing right now is really kind of remarkable. We don't see running backs sort of get that second wave that he's getting, and we'll see what happens financially speaking because of it. When it comes to running backs, there are only eight running backs that are making that $12 million market, what you said the negotiations to start at with Josh Jacobs. So when it comes to the running back being un- undervalued, what is it that should separate him when it comes to those negotiations that say, hey, I'm at that $12 million mark? Is it just the stats? Because I think that once you reach a certain age at a running back as well, teams do not want to pay them. So what is the negotiation like for a running back? Yeah, that's an excellent point. You hit all the notes there, right? And I'd add <laughs> one more to it. The age is perfect. He's 24 going on 25. That's the right time to be asking for a contract as a running back because you can give yourself two years fully guaranteed, and they're not going to be too scared about it, right? That's 20, age 27 is sort of the threshold, the black line here. Um, and the other thing right now is, are you catching passes? And, and by the way, he was not doing that year one, year two, as you know very well. Yeah. This started last year. It's continued into this year. He's now averaging three and a half receptions a game, which puts him in Delvin Cook conversation, which puts him in James Conner conversation. So he's come up to that next level, statistically speaking, that allows our math to sort of say, okay, He's no longer in the middle with everybody else. He's in that tier above, which generally gets you closer to that $10 million per year mark. Talking again with Michael Giannetti here on NSA Roughness Red Nation Radio 920, talking all things Josh Jacobs and his potential contract. So if this is – do you see this as a situation – like I remember being in Dallas when, uh, when DeMarco Murray was getting ready to get a contract, and he was much older than Josh Jacobs, but they just kind of ran him, ran him, ran him, and then said, okay, go ahead and get a free agent deal. Could you see a scenario like that happening here? I, I, I still think that's exactly what's happening here is, you know, the, the, the Derek Carr situation is sort of floundering a little bit right now, so they're running everything through Jacobs, and, and the contract aligns with that. Yeah, I can't believe more teams haven't gone this route. I'm happy because I don't want to see running backs get powdered into the ground like that, but I'm surprised it's not happening with Aaron Jones and Green Bay. I'm surprised it's not happening with Fremont and Cleveland. If you know that this guy's not long for you, contractually speaking, it's the kind of position where you can really run it left and right and up and down, so... There's a possibility that that's exactly how this front office is considering this situation. We're going to use them until we don't need them anymore, and then we're going to start over with a guy we drafted and maybe a cheaper free agent on the market. Right, and then they drafted two guys, right? They drafted a guy in the yeah. fourth round and seventh round and kept both of them. So that, to me, kind of made me think that this will probably be the last year, but also I didn't know he was going to run like he's been doing the last three weeks. Yeah, minds can be changed. There's no question about it. But I think the, the kid that was drafted out of Georgia was the clear-cut replacement for Josh Jacobs when it happened and I'd be surprised if that changed so I do think we're talking about either a one-year franchise tag situation or he's hitting that open market and somebody's going to overpay him that the Raiders can't control 
When it comes to overpaying, what does that figure look like for, let's say, a top 10 or a top five running back in the league when it comes to the year and the yearly average on those contracts? Yeah, I think it looks a lot like what Derrick Henry did originally. It's a four-year contract that really actually looks and feels like a two-year contract in terms of the structure and the guarantees, um, which gets him right about to that age 27 mark. I, you know, it could be four for 50 if we're kind of uh, bringing things forward with everything else. He's not to the threshold of a, of a Christian McCaffrey or one, you know, an Alvin Kamara in terms of what his production can be. But I think somewhere around four years, 50 million with around 15 million fully guaranteed. That's honestly how things look right now for running backs. It's probably about the going rate on the free agent market here. Again, we're talking with Michael Giannetti from Spotrack.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, Michael, I mentioned earlier about a potential maybe in-season extension. And even though even that's probably not going to happen like that, but if it were to, if you're Josh Jacobs or his agent, do you say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, we'll wait till after the season? Yeah, I think I do. I do. I know that franchise tag is available. If I keep running like I'm running, I'm getting $9.5 million thrown my way, at least as a starting point, and that can be fully guaranteed the second I sign that paper. So to me, that's where I'm starting with this conversation, unless the conversation is we know we're going to franchise tag you. We're willing to offer you $5 million extra guaranteed right now, right? Let's get this thing to fourteen fifteen today on a two-year extension. Maybe I'm considering something like that, but I really do think that there's a team or two out there that's willing to go with that four-year contract mm-hmm. and go a little bit more north of where the Raiders can be right now. And that's what part of the conversation we had to start the show. I said there's a team out there that's going to have plenty of money, and they're going to do what the, the Jaguars did with Christian Kirk, just throw it at him and say, hey, we want you, we need talent. I feel like that is probably what's most likely going to happen with Jacobs. Yeah, but the one thing to be said here is that it's a really deep market. I mean, if we're talking about Saquon Barkley hitting that market, Devin yeah. Singletary, you know, maybe Zeke Elliott, maybe Aaron Jones, maybe Alex Madison, um, Rashad Penny. I, I can go on and on. There's yeah, probably eight to nine legitimate starting running backs about to hit this market. So supply-demand, does that bring prices down? It's possible. But I think at the end of the day, he might be one of the top dogs, certainly how he looks right now. Uh, another running back that's a high, obviously a high-paid running back, Christian McCaffrey. We saw that the haul that he got in, but along the terms of his contract, are we going to see running backs continuously, if they put up that production, get those big numbers? Or there's $15 million a year, or is that just going to be like, hey, I don't, I don't know what running back is going to be making $15 million a year in the league anymore? He was a unicorn when he signed that contract. I still think he's that way now. I don't think that anybody – I mean, I can tell you right now, I just ran the numbers before I popped on here. This dude was averaging seven catches a game before he signed that contract. So he was, he was not really a running back, all right? He, he was putting up 75 yards a game rushing and seven catches a game before he even signed that $16 million per year. Nobody's touching that even close right now in the running back game. So until we start seeing somebody doing that, somebody actually being a running back one and a WR3 at the exact same time, I don't think we're going to see those numbers push forward and forward and forward like we're seeing with other positions. But look, that's not to say that that's not happening in college football right now, and, and, and those kind of players aren't jumping out into the NFL in the next you know, couple of drafts. I just think it's going to take a lot more from the receiving game to get those numbers to really start to push. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I hate that for the value of the running back that it's gone down so much because I love running backs and love what they bring to the table. And we've seen a lot from Josh Jacobs the last three weeks as he's led the Raiders uh, to victory. So uh, he's, he's doing a fantastic job. Michael, before I let you go, uh, do you have any kind of idea or understanding of what you think the uh, salary cap should look like next season? Yeah, look, on our site we're projecting just a $10 million increase up to 218, but I, okay. I think I know better. Right? I'm hearing too much <laughs> about these TV deals. Yeah, I'm hearing too much about you know uh, all these ownerships and the expansions and all this fun things that the NFL have. But 
I think 230 is really going to be a, a, a realistic number. Wow. So I think in the back of our minds, it's a big, big jump to 230, which is going to benefit players like this, right? Yeah. If, if all of a sudden there's 12 more million in the banana stand, guys like this can be can be squeezed in at some point in time. So it might be beneficial to some creators this offseason. That's a whole lot of money, and that would be interesting. Boy, it would be it would be something if that was uh, that was the the cap number right there for the next upcoming season. Michael, anything you got working on on Spotrack.com that uh, we need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, look at trade deadlines in a couple of weeks. Here we're pumping out both major league baseball trades and NFL trades at the same time here. So it's a one nice. punch right now. Yeah. There you go. Well, you do a fantastic job. Uh, always my go-to, and I definitely appreciate you. Thanks for the insight on Josh Jacobs and potential contracts that he could uh, be looking at from the Raiders or potentially someone else. We appreciate you. My pleasure, guys. Thanks. There he goes. Michael Janitti right there at Spotrack.com. That was a lot right there, Damon. I mean, that was a lot that he said and, and not a ton of words, but just a lot right there about the value of the running back position, what Josh Jacobs could be looking at. He wouldn't rule out the franchise tag for a potential, you know, one-year deal. So, okay, maybe, maybe there's something to it. I, I Again, I feel like I don't see it, but maybe. Yeah, maybe, but what he also said about you mentioned the running back from Dallas, and now I'm blanking yeah. on his name. De- DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray, where he yeah. got the big contract, and it was just, hey, we're going to run you out. I think he had, what, a close to 2,000-yard season. Right. And then it's like, hey, man, good the job. The Cowboys ran him and ran him and ran him into the ground. They had a really good season behind DeMarco Murray, and then they knew he wanted to get paid, and they said, all right, go ahead and test the free agent market. And Philly gave him a boatload of money. They gave him a boatload of money, and he wasn't that good under Chip Kelly's system. Then he got traded to Tennessee. He was never the same after he signed that big contract. And, look, Josh Jacobs is up to 111 carries so far on the season, you know, seven games in. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, this might be one of those scenarios. I'm not saying it is, but it could be one of those where got a couple of replacements behind you. We're going to run you, run you, run you, get as much as you can uh, out of you, and then at the same time allow you to go and get your free agent money wherever it is because some team is going to overpay him. Uh, just like, And I'm not saying that it's an overpay, but your free agency is what it is. I mean, you always, you always get paid. Uh, guys always overpay for a free agent regardless of what position it is. But someone's going to give him a boatload of money, similar to what Christian Kirk got from the Jaguars, similar to what uh, Zay Jones got from the Jaguars. They're, they're going to do it because that's what it is when it comes to free agency. And he's going to get paid uh, based off of what he does uh, the rest of this season. So uh, interesting stuff right there from Michael Giannitti. Definitely appreciate his time this afternoon. 3.45 is the time when we come back. Got a tons of text to get to. Got a couple calls. Want you to hear some more sound from the locker room. It's all coming up as we're at the Oyo. The Underground Lounge is the spot for Monday Night Football. The Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And here we are inside the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night, Monday night football. Got the Patriots and the Bears on the TVs here, so come on by. There's all kind of drink specials, food specials, and there's all kind of prizes. We've got the 2023 Hooters calendar here available for you, so you can plan out your next year the right way. Uh, we also got the Hop Vegas, the uh, the craft beer of the Las Vegas, the, the Raiders, the official craft beer of the Las Vegas Raiders. We got that available, Raider Nation Radio 920. We got the cups and the koozies, and we got some uh, some T-shirts for you. All kind of good stuff. All you got to do is come on by, say what's up. We're going to be here all afternoon as we uh, get ready for Monday night football action. Again, the Patriots and the Bears on the big screen. So come on by here, hanging out in the underground lounge. Now, on the text line, got a lot of good texts to get to at 69187. We also want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Been spending a lot of time today talking about Josh Jacobs and uh, expectations and what different uh, different options are for the team to do with him as he's been leading the charge for the silver and black. 
all things offense and uh, really helping them lead the charge and, and, and pick up a big victory yesterday that they really needed uh, and, and just led that with three touchdowns on the day. And then Deron Harmon, of course, sealed the deal. Got a couple of texts real quick. Uh, Fargo Raiders said, Q and DeMond, we did that with Tay Train. Talk about run them, run them, run them, and then let them go as a free agent. Said, just win, baby. And then Darkside Don said, oh, I forgot. I could see them franchising JJ2, Q, but not to keep them, but to trade them. They're not going to let them walk with no compensation. Also, uh, Trey and KC said, also, they don't talk about JJ because he doesn't have the memorable run, like Marshawn in the playoff game or Derrick Henry with the stiff arm. That's a good one. Uh, Vegas Pete, I love Josh Jacobs. He's a beast. The Raiders better lock him up. It'd be a huge mistake to let him walk. No back in the NFL is better between the tackles. And how about our offensive line play, Q? Also, did you talk to that Houston reporter who guaranteed a win? That's from Vegas Pete. Thank you for the text. And no, I didn't talk to him at all. He did guarantee a victory, but uh, that did not happen for the for the Texans. Uh, and the Raiders offensive line, you do have to give them a lot of credit. They are playing a lot better at the time. And we'll see what happens with Josh Jacobs. But, man, he's been playing some really good balls. Go out to the phone lines and talk to our good guy, our good friend Vince out of Northtown. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Q, what's going on? How you doing? Chilling, man, chilling. Chilling. Um, as far as the Josh Jacobs thing, uh, I don't think you let a guy like that walk. Maybe it's the Raider fan in me. Maybe I'm delusional. You have to find a way. You have to find a way to sign this guy. If Josh Jacobs could sustain that kind of play, which I think he's more than capable of doing, there's no way you let this guy walk. Do you really think Zamir White could fill those shoes that Josh Jacobs is doing right now? I think you let go of the uh, what's it called the, the kid from UCLA that we drafted. You got to let him go. You got to just either keep Zamir and Josh Jacobs as your little dual back threat, kind of like Pollard and um, Elliott in Dallas. Um, as far as uh, the, the business, I know it's a business. I would, I think one thing I can tell you right now, I think Jacobs wants to be a Raider. Look at Crosby. Look at Waller. These guys wanted to be a Raider. Like, Josh Jacobs could have easily sat out this season and kind of forced the Raiders' hand. Like, look, you guys better pay me. But looking at it from the outside, I think he wants to be a Raider. I think he wants to win here. I don't. God forbid you see him in a Broncos jersey or a Bears jersey, some kind of team like that. So we'll figure out. I think Mr. Davis, he's going to have to figure out a way to keep this guy here because right now he's just too good and he's just, you know, good for our offense. And right now that offense is looking nice and fluid, finally. It's seven weeks in and we're finally looking decent. Let's keep it going. And uh, one, one last thing, Q, I want to shout out that old line I listen to your show. I listen to JT all the time. And uh, that old line, that's been the biggest question. I think that was the theme before the season started. Everybody was saying, oh, the old line is going to be terrible. Just Derek Carr is going to um, gonna be getting killed. They've had one bad game. I mean, these guys are new. They're going against, what, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa for the first game of the season. It's going to be some jitters, you know. But yeah. since then, these guys have been putting in the work. They've been putting in the effort. My man Carr back there, DC4, he's been having time to get Boss to uh, Devontae, and uh, yeah, just go Raiders, man. Thank you, Q, for letting me on your show. Yes, sir. Thanks for the call. Good stuff. And I'll say when it comes to the offensive line, man, they've been getting better. Obviously, they have a little bit more continuity with that offensive line as well. That was the biggest thing is trying to figure out exactly who was going to be the ones on the offensive line consistently. 
out there, and I think that they have a pretty good idea. Miller at the left tackle position, obviously. Parham is fitting in there really nice at the left guard spot. James is back at the center spot. He's comfortable after coming back from a concussion. Uh, and it looks like, you know, the right side of everything is, uh, you know, bars on the, at the right guard position, and then you have a Luminor slash Munford. I'll put those two there as slashes because that's what it kind of feels like. But those are the, those are the players. Those are the players right there on the Raiders' offensive line right now, and they are doing a good job. And Josh Jacobs isn't running for a buck fifty without the offensive line getting some good push up front. And look, they like to they want to they want to run block. They don't want to pass block. They want to run block. Uh, Josh McDaniels talked about that earlier today. Later on the show, we should be able to hear a few sound bites from him. But let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Hardcore Raider. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, what's up, Q? It's nice Chill to have a, a, a month a Monday that's not a Black Monday, you know? <laughs> nice. Yeah, hey, uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, Jacob's been uh, killing it, man. I think he's the best running back since we had Bo Jackson. I mean, to be honest, you know, I mean, I threw Marcus Allen in there too, but um, yeah. you know, it's, it's just pretty interesting, man. I mean, I I came up with the nickname uh, the Silver Bullet for Jacobs uh, years ago, just because, like, dude, that dude when he's healthy and whatnot, like, I just think he hits the hole like a bullet shooting out of the cannon, man. Like, he is so talented, and you just keep feeding that guy, and it's like he gets better. So, uh, you know, I'd like I'd like brothers, you know, to take that name on as well and, you know, call him the silver bullet. Maybe not appropriate for some <laughs> of modern society, you know, that might take it the wrong way. But right. I'm just saying, man, like, dude, you know, silver and black. And he's just like he's like a torpedo, man. So, uh, you know, I, you know, you know, you know what made me think of this, though, real quick. Uh, you, do you remember that Bo Jackson poster? I, you know, I'm sure you remember. You know, uh, a lot of the Bo stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. A lot of posters. Yeah, I remember. There was one. There was there was one called the Metamorphosis. Do you remember that one? I'm trying to. Th- I don't. I can't picture okay. it off the top of my head. So maybe not by name, but the Metamorphosis one was like where he was like transition. He was running and he was transitioning from like baseball, like a baseball uniform, uh-huh. into like a football uniform, and it was like almost like a. Um, like picture frames, you know, yeah. but it was okay. like, like kind of dragged, dragged and faded. And it, it was a sick poster. Like I, I remember I had the card and stuff. So I know, I know, uh, Jacobs, you know, don't play baseball, but right. you know, it's just like when that, when that fool's running, dude, it's like, just like picture frames. Cause everybody's like behind him. You know what I'm saying? He's just like smoking them. So that, that poster from Bo Jackson was kind of what made me like think of the name, the silver bullet. But, uh, you know, appreciate you guys, man. Keep up the great work. And, uh, hopefully we keep Jacobs long-term, man. I really, I really love him, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the call. And I, I'm with you, man. I'm with you 100%. I, I would love to see Josh Jacobs uh, with the Raiders a lot longer because he is a, I mean, he's a dude, right? And he's been a dude. I tell the story all the time. I'm sure people get tired of it. But the first time I met him, man, I knew that he was a real deal dude, not only on the field, but off the field as well. I mean, just meeting him in Nashville before he got drafted by the Silver and Black. And I mean, even even yesterday in the locker room, like when I, I'm in the locker room, I, I look to talk to as many people as possible to bring it back to the show. When I see Josh Jacobs, it's just like, it's just like a fist bump. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? How you doing? You know, it's like it's like the homie. And so I just always try to just show him that respect and that love. And, and you could just see the, the, the joy on his face from, you know, the way that he's playing and the way that he's helping this team and then moving forward. And, you know, he's, 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 breaking, some, he's breaking some historic records, right? And, and whenever you have Marcus Allen and you're in the same conversation with Marcus Allen, you're doing something right. So uh, we'll hear from Josh Jacobs coming in the next hour. We'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels in the next hour. Uh, we'll hear from Faven K coming up to start off the next hour. We got a lot going on. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Monday Night Football is the spot, or this is for our spot for Monday Night Football. We got a lot of prizes here on the table that I'm just giving out. 
Like, we do raffles, but I just give everything out. So that's just what we're doing. Come on by, say what's up, get hooked up. You got a 2023 Hooters calendar. You're going to need to plan out your next year. I got you. You want some Hop Valley? I got you. T-shirts? Got you. That's how we roll. Come on by, say what's up. Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino with Radio Nation Radio 920.